This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hey, Wild Souls, it's Linz. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the podcast. We're going to be diving really deeply into our lesson for the month. And before I even get started on this card, I want to say that this is very exciting because it's the first opportunity that I've had to really um, offer part of why I shifted the podcast lineup, which was to provide and gift and nurture and support um, you beautiful listeners of this podcast with extra material to enrich your practices. And that's exactly what's going to happen at this lesson episode. So um, we're going to be diving into the medicine of three of swords today looking at how we can tend to the wounded heart in moments when we're caught, identified, triggered, and there's going to be an extra special exercise and spread that you can access by clicking a link in the show notes um, that will hopefully be nutritive for you, um, that'll help you dive a little bit further into this card and into the nature of tough kind of spiky cards that we might feel are quote negative or bad or what have you. Uh, So I'm very, very excited to support you in this way. And hopefully it feels like a warm hug. Um, A little teeny, teeny thing just to let everybody know the enrollment for my course, Tarot for What Is, is open. Um, it's been so beautiful to feel into, um, just the, the huge, strong, beautiful yeses from everyone who here has heard a call to this course. Um, it's amazing to get to feel, um, the response to this. Um, thank you so much to those of you who have felt a call to this material, um, You can sign up for this course, learn more about it, learn why I created it, all at tarotforwhatis.com. It's such a big thing. It's in its own website. Um, So you can navigate it just like you would any of my other websites, and it'll just be about the course. Um, And uh, it is happening right now on a discount. The price will go up after uh, September 20th. But if you want an even deeper discount, you can sign up for my uh, mailing list. There's a list-only discount that will be available to you that will expire. That early bird will expire on August 27th. So you'll have a little bit less time to use it, but you still have plenty of time right now if that's what you're called to. So... um, To learn more about the course, you can uh, go to terraforwardis.com. To uh, receive that discount, you can sign up for my mailing list. That will be in the show notes. And to get access to the extra material for Three of Swords, you can click the link in the show notes and sign up there. Uh, And if you have any trouble with any of this, you can email my team um, at info at lindsaymack.com. Okay, so the purpose of focusing on one card a month is really to take the temperature of where we are right now. So we are in August. We are in the midst right now of Leo season, and we're getting ready to shift into Virgo. Leo 
is ruled by the heart, rules the heart, I should say. Um, and strength card is profoundly heart-centered. And that is, of course, Leo's card. And I believe that Three of Swords is also Leo's card and that we can learn a lot about this card through diving into and thinking about Leo and the medicine of the heart space. Um, I also think that there's a lot to be gained in Virgo season by checking in with Three of Swords, although not quite as much as Leo. Um, Virgo in its most balanced state um, really is an experience of tending, of um, holiness, of service. And there are times in Virgo when the energy can be a little too much. Virgo rules is ruled by Mercury. It's very connected to the brain, to the nervous system. And it can be, there can be a lot of cyclical thinking and anxiety associated with Virgo. And that can also be a part of the folded in medicine of three of swords. That piece can be a really big part of this card. It's not what it's doing exactly, but it is part of sometimes the membrane that we have to slice through to get to the to the core of three of swords. Um, I felt very passionate about, uh, I felt passionate about doing this card for a few reasons before I even had a sense of my curriculum fully for tarot for what is I was planning out my seasons for the podcast, the months, and this really, there was something very strong in me that really felt like I wanted to talk about this card first. And I wanted to do it in Leo season. Um, cause I think it's a really important way of looking at heart work and it happened to be now three of swords is a part of the curriculum for the first 14 cards of tarot for what is. And I think it's for anybody who's curious about that course is a really nice, um, way of beginning to think about whether or not you might be interested in being a part of the course. And if you're not, that's actually great too, <laughs> because you'll get, um, a wonderful little education about this card and how you can begin to think about it differently. Um, and we'll of course go way deeper in the course. So the first thing that I want to say, and this is a hot take, but if you've been listening to me long enough, you should know, like, that's a part of the deal. I believe, um, what I'm about to share about three of swords is my own interpretation that has among my alums and those who have listened to my work become a little bit more in the cultural consciousness, which is a good thing. It's great. But my hot take, um, which really isn't that hot. It's really a fact. Um, this is not the way what I'm about to talk to you about. This is really not the way this card is interpreted. Um, this is a very different interpretation than most, uh, books and most, um, teachers will guide you into, um, mainly because it's just simply not where we initially go with this card. But I share this because the hot take portion is that I don't know if anyone has ever really understood this card um, prior to very recently because, and I'm not saying like I'm the only one in the world who's ever understood this card, but I think that the voices that we've been listening to have really communicated 
about this card and what it represents as only from one perspective, which is this um, foretelling of betrayal, of heartbreak, of wounding. And that is sort of, it's interesting because the interpretation that's a little bit more collectively known of this card, which is that, um, takes the temperature on our focus as a collective planet on the wound and the pain and the possibility of the pain, but not really what to do after the pain. It's sort of like we think about the buildup. We think about the potential. We think about the preparation for birth. We don't always think about postpartum. Postpartum, I know from some of my dear friends who do doula work and devote their lives to that is often the most, one of the most forgotten parts of the birth process. And Three of Swords is actually not about the pierce to the heart. It's about the aftercare. Um, that is actually what it's about. And to go even deeper, this is actually about this card cultivating a greater emotional intelligence around handling difficult situations, prioritizing rather than reactivity, our own self-care before anything else. So that when we respond rather than react, we're coming from a place of having really spent enough time with ourselves, how the response made us feel, how, um, you know, the pain or the action or the communication or whatever that sort of pierced the heart. Um, if we can take those swords out of the heart, tend the wound and think about how the swords can become a space of empowerment. It can guide us and open up whole new worlds within us around how we can communicate more nonviolently, how we can actually say what we mean, and how we can communicate in a way that, again, is more emotionally sound, centered, intelligent, and robust, so that we're not responding from a place of fury and anger, even though I am all about uh, embodying anger, but there are moments in which it's not actually, it actually creates more harm. And part of why it does is not to say that a communication from an angry place is harmful, although it can be like anything else. Um, communication that is angry, but holds grief underneath that we're not caring for because of how angry we are, that we're just shooting off with that, um, can create harm, not necessarily always to the recipient of the communication, although that can be a part of it, but to us, because we have a heart that is in need. And that is the most important thing, period, full stop before anything you might have to say before any shit you might have to stir up with someone before calling someone in or out. Sometimes it is very important to sit with, whoa, this hurts. And that is what Three of Swords teaches us to do. Three of Swords is not a card of heartbreak. It is not a card of getting stabbed in the back. It is not a card that promises pain, destruction, heartbreak, um, any kind of like stormy days. It isn't anything like that. 
we're seeing, we've seen this card through the mind of the linear egoic narrative for too long. What I mean by that is linear egoic narrative is like believing that things are right or they're wrong. They're good or they're bad. That's kind of the idea. And it's very level one, so to speak. There's way more complexity in our world than that. Ego will also say, well, I don't want anything to be uncomfortable. When discomfort is actually the impetus for most of us to grow, we learn a lot. I mean, I'm not saying I want anyone to be triggered or upset, but we learn a lot about how to care for ourselves through moments like this. It is providing us with the opportunity to wisely investigate and tend to ourselves in difficult moments. And if you are someone who, um, you know, I can share with you and I go into a couple of stories in the course. Um, I have had a couple of experiences where I have been triggered to my core by actions taken by folks that I know who I've taught by students. It's only been about two or three times where, um, something has happened. I've been lifted from, copied, attacked in a way that is um, really violent and really hurtful. And the first time it hits you, you want to respond right away. Or at least that's my, my instinct is to always let people know, I see you, I see this, you've hurt me. And Three of Swords has been my teacher around this because Underneath the swirl of anger, heartbreak, indignation, a feeling of betrayal, a feeling of being stolen from, because unfortunately that has happened, um, there is an immense grief, a grief that is really a kind of unspeakably tender because I love my students and I share my work from a really open heart and it gets really painful when in that level of intimacy, of trust, of sharing, there is a wound to the heart. And I will also say that in these three, two, three instances, um, I know that at least in most of them, no one's trying to hurt me. They're trying to get what they need for their own reasons. And um, they're not thinking about, I'm going to hurt Lindsay. Or I'm going to take this from Lindsay. Um, it's a not thinking. They're not thinking, actually, um, in these situations. Um, and... Um, Pausing and giving myself space to be with my heart, to be with my tears, to be with my upset has um, allowed me to communicate to my students in those situations, if, a, if communication is appropriate at all, without inviting them into guilt or shame about the action. Because I don't care what is being done 
I'm not going to invite any student of mine into guilt or shame. I don't want to invite anybody into that because that is really poisonous. Learning to pause like that has been something that I've worked on with my teacher, Michelle, for a long time, um, who has really taught and held a space for me to wait before I respond. And it has been through my work with Three of Swords that has allowed that process to happen. Whenever I have um, reached out to someone in response or reaction before I've paused with myself, I've created um, problems. It's just been problematic. There has been an invitation into guilt or shame. There's been an invitation into fear when like, you know, whatever. We all do that because we're scared and we want to protect ourselves. That's what happens when there's still swords in the heart and we try to talk about the heartbreak. That's what happens. If we can take them out over time and examine like, whoa, there's a fear that, you know, this thing, that thing, this thing, it's so multi-layered. When we can process everything that got triggered as we were pierced in the heart, as we, you know, pierced ourselves, whatever, because we also pierce ourselves with three of swords, which we'll talk about. It changes the way we respond to things. Sometimes it is appropriate to write an email and be like, enough, take this the fuck down, goodbye. That's often not when we're triggered. It's when we get triggered to shit, when something really unleashes a storm in us, that's when we want to call upon three of swords for tending, for care, for the ability to say, whoa, this hurts. I want to be with this before I can talk to anyone about how this made me feel. I have to tend to the heart first. Um, and so what we're talking about today is tending the, to the wounded heart. And I share that example with my students because, you know, being a teacher is a really, really big responsibility. And my integrity and trying to be in integrity um, is the most important thing to me. And because I've been learning my whole teaching career, there have certainly been times where I can look back and I can say, I feel like I kind of fumbled the ball on how I handled this. I was afraid and I responded in fear and um, then tried to kind of like pull back what I meant. And it was because my heart was hurting and I didn't know how to be with that. I didn't know you know, really had a literally not to do until I was able to be with the heart. And, um, I am really honest with myself about, you know, mistakes and about, um, speaking in ways that I don't particularly, um, feel super proud of. And whenever that happens, uh, I'm able to respond in a way now that is so different because of the contrast of what didn't work before. So, I would say most of us don't pause to tend the wounded heart in these moments. This is something we don't do. Um, this card, this is why I always speak of the tarot as providing invitation because we don't have to do it. It's an invitation to tend the heart before responding, to remove the swords, to actually make sure the bleeding stops the crying stops. The storm is there to help to clear something out. We're here to clear something out. And often when we get triggered, um, you know, 
being plagiarized does trigger lots of things for me, right? It would trigger anybody who's plagiarized. Um, but it really triggers you when you have an old wound from your childhood that there isn't enough for you. And that's um, not, that is not anyone's fault who plagiarized me. They don't have to answer to inadvertently triggering my child wounding around there is not going to be enough for me. Um, that is my job. I'm the only one that can actually bring relief to that. And so before responding from a place of anger, of guilt, of shame, how dare you, how could you, because um, sometimes that's appropriate, right? But we want to pause and be with all of that because we're really the only parent that can make it better. We've tricked ourselves really into believing that if we fire back at someone who's triggered us before we've paused and touched in with the heart that hurts, that the blast back to someone, back to the institution, to whatever that's triggered us is going to make the heart feel better. And it never does ever. It's we who make the heart feel better. If we can be with the heart, we may still blast the shit out of the person that triggered us or be very strong or be, you know, whatever, but we're going to do it in a way where we're not expecting anything where we've been able to give ourselves what we've needed. Um, it's a very subtle shift, but one that it can completely change the way we engage with ourselves and the kind of trust and um, emotional intimacy that can be developed within ourselves when we do this work. So Three of Swords visually, if we're speaking of the Smith Rider weight, is a big, beautiful, kind of juicy red heart with three swords piercing it. And in the background is this kind of stormy sky where we sense um, an impending storm, maybe rain. And um, it's the only thing that we're seeing. It's the biggest picture. There's no people. It's just a connection with the heart. And I think that that's really important because in a lot of the sword cards, um, in fact, really all of them other than the ace, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, um, all of the sword card have sorry, sword cards have at least one person on them. So we know that in keeping with the minors, which are really about our thoughts, feelings, um, and experiences of this life, kind of the nitty-gritty and hands in the dirt experiences, swords are all about brain chemistry, communication. Really what we're doing in the three is that we're zooming out of that kind of human back and forth and focusing in on the heart space. Um, Leo is connected to the heart space. This card, it's a very powerful time to look at this card because Leo does connect us with centering and bravery and courage and connection and sexuality and all kinds of different beautiful leonine experiences and it also calls us into heart work and heart work can be opening the heart expanding the heart being willing to receive our capacity for love we're not always thinking when we think about heart work how do we tend the heart when it 
doesn't feel good. We often, that's like the last place we want to go because the pain can feel so consuming that it can really overwhelm us. And, um, we often will seek out naming and blaming, blaming ourselves, blaming other people in order to try to stop the pain. Um, when really us just being with ourselves, like weeping, tending to the wounded parts is, is really the balm that actually helps the healing process. Um, so there is something in the visual of the three of swords that tells us that it's different than any other three, than any other sword card. It's different. It's magical. The aces all follow a similar visual narrative. Not all threes follow this, this narrative In the other threes of the minors, um, there are people present. This is the only one that is just simply about the heart. So we know that we're doing something different with this card. Also, remember, swords are about our relationship with our brain chemistry, our thinking. They're also about how we communicate. How we communicate is an enormous part of this card. Yes, are the swords within the heart? They are. And that's really important to acknowledge getting hooked, getting caught, getting triggered, kind of something snapping forward at you. Um, and then how do we respond to that? Like, how do we caretake the wounds of the heart? Um, but it is also, what are we doing with the swords once they're out of us? Are we pulling them out of the heart and flinging them back towards someone or towards something, just continuing that cycle? Or are we sitting for a moment with the wounded heart, deciding what to do? with these swords. Because again, I want to make something really clear. I'm not advocating for people not speaking up when they have been triggered, wounded, violated, stolen from. I am all about that. Not, I am not saying not to do that. What I am inviting people to consider as a means of thinking of three of swords as an ally for this work is that before, when we are really in the shit about um, this person fucked me, I fucked it, you know, whatever. If we're in a cycle of reactivity, of brain chemistry swirling around in a storm, it is wise to pause before we put anything into words. It is wise to pause anytime we are contracted, triggered or not. It's wise not to proceed, not to make decisions. If we're contracted and we're like, what do I do? The wisest thing is to say, I got to wait until this passes through, until this storm literally blows through. So it's, I am absolutely not saying that we can't be stabbed in the heart and it, that it will be appropriate for the sword to shift and not pierce or wound someone, but so they can feel the effect of their own words, the impact of their words. I'm not saying that that's not what we um, absolutely can reach for. What I am saying is that there is an art form to this so that we are not inviting people into more wounding, into more identification, into more pain. And most importantly, most importantly, that we are not ignoring the heart, that we are not ignoring ourselves. How we choose to respond, because again, I am a very direct communicator and not afraid to say, hey, this isn't okay. We need to change it. But it's very different than responding with the fullness of wounding um, because then it becomes about the wounding and less about 
the communication of how it made us feel. Because again, we often think that getting the response we want from another person will help to heal that wound and it really will not. It is really us showing up for ourselves. So three of swords is very, very special. And we know that right um, from the get-go because of the imagery of it. Um, and there is um, obviously a white lady and white ladies talking about um, Buddhism, especially not when they're not ordained <laughs> or um, really certified to teach is slightly problematic. But I will offer um, from a, a white kind of outside perspective that there is a Buddhist teaching called um, the second arrow that I encourage folks to look up because it's a really nice way of um, beginning to think about three of swords that uh, essentially the teaching to wildly paraphrase um, with uh, enormous respect. I won't uh, quote the teaching, um, but there are times in life where we things happen and we're just triggered. It's not anybody's fault. Sometimes people are assholes for sure, but other times we just get caught. We get pissed off. We snap. We're upset. Um, you know, someone cuts us off in traffic. Um, these things are not unworthy of upset, but no one's expecting them. There are always unexpected swords that will come through and just go, boom, I'm in the heart. And we get upset. And that is something to acknowledge about what it is to be a human being in this life, that getting hooked, getting triggered, getting upset is not a problem. It's not a um, inability to deal. It's part of it. No one likes it. And it's something that a lot of the time we're not expecting. So sword number one is the unexpected trigger. We're going about our business. We see a shitty comment on Instagram. It drops our whole body. We're so upset. We're going about our day. And all of a sudden we see, um, you know, something that, that really upsets us. We get a hard email. We, you know, whatever it might be, um, car won't start all kinds of different things where we snap at our children when we've done so much work on it. We lose our temper. Um, this is not always about others doing to us. Sometimes we are reactive. We respond in a way um, that actually initiates the cycle and that too pierces the heart. It's not just about other people wounding us. This is about us wounding us. Everybody always thinks like, you know, people who hurt, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's to be said, but a lot of the time when we're hurting other people, we are hurting ourselves. And that also is something to acknowledge while we make amends. If we snap at our children or snapped at our, snap at our loved ones, what is most important is to apologize and make amends. But we are also going to have a cycle of reactivity within ourselves to say, I fucked up. Like I fucked up. I shouldn't have lost my temper. I shouldn't have yelled. I feel like a piece of garbage. Like whatever inner narrative we have, when we are in the position of losing our temper and we have an awareness of it, because a lot of the time we don't, we don't even have an awareness when we get, get when we um, step into uh, a cycle of reactivity and initiate this. It is wise to immediately call ourselves out on that, apologize, make amends, and then return home and say, whoa, this grief, this squeezing, this guilt, this shame inside of me hurts so bad right now. And that is also a part of what we can claim if we've caused harm too. 
we not, I'm saying step one of causing harm when we realize we've caused harm is to acknowledge that we've caused harm and apologize to be available for conversation, to be available to listen and to make amends. And part of tending the heart is really important because if we are not connected to that space, we will not really be able to listen. We will not really be able to make amends. So that is something that we need to gain access to, even if we are not being triggered, but we are the ones who are inadvertently perhaps triggering others. So that being said, the first sword is really that moment that we're not expecting. We get hooked, we get caught, and bam, we're in. Then the second sword is usually fuck them. You know, fuck them for triggering me. Fuck them for this. Fuck all this stuff. It's the blaming. It's the naming. The third sword is often, uh, what's wrong with me? You know, what's wrong with me that this is happening to me? What's wrong with me that I, I feel so upset? What's wrong with me that I can't just, you know, X, Y, Z? It's often just this huge cycle that unfolds and it's all in the sweet, precious heart. So what do we do when this happens? First thing we do, we pause. Always pause. If we go to react, to respond, to answer that DM, to answer the email, to slap back, to, um, you know, to immediately be like, oh my God, I caused harm and I'm going to apologize. And now I just have to drop that I've caused harm, you know, whatever it is. Um, we want to pause first to just be with, to be with, to notice and it's really uncomfortable. So it can be really hard to do this. We might want to call upon resourcing or anchoring prayer, meditation, uh, our tarot deck, a friend who, uh, it doesn't feel like, um, a friend who is available to hold the space, um, and to not, um, to feel like they can engage in the emotional labor, um, to be able to pull the swords out means that the bleeding will start, which is usually where crying comes in. Not everybody has a relationship with crying. That sounds crazy, but it's true. Crying is not something that is available to everyone in certain seasons of their lives. Um, so this may not completely apply to you today, but a lot of the clearing of the storm is the release of the grief that is locked inside the heart that all of us carries. Because when we're triggered, it's never just about the scenario. It's about what's under the scenario. And that's where um, the weeping, the releasing, the bleeding, the crying, we can let that out of us on the healing process. The pausing actually releases the two swords underneath the sword on top that caused the original wound, pausing halts the process of cycling, of naming, blaming, of, um, it just stops us. It gives us the gift of being able to clear something out, to investigate, to acknowledge. Experiences evolve over time. We may start numb and shocked. We may move into anger and fury. We may move into uh, hypervigilance. We have to shut this down, clear this out. We may move into victimhood. We may move into sorrow, into um, all manner of things. And we want to make space for all of that to be there. And very often when we initiate a dialogue with someone right out of the gate, 
we're actually closing the door on that internal shifting. So we want to leave a space for that. We may grieve. We may cry. We may need to talk. We may need to journal. All of those things, it is in alignment. It is encouraged through the utilization of looking at Three of Swords in this way. It is encouraged to start there and then communicate once we have tended to the wounds, to the charge, and to the heart. It's a different way of thinking than a lot of us do in this culture where like something happens, we have to immediately respond. This is part of the reason why so many of us don't even know what the fuck is going on in our bodies because we're so, um, we're living in a reality where everybody expects or wants to be um, responded to instantly where um, we're expected to be able to intelligently communicate about our experiences or um, intentions um, in, you know, in an instantaneous way. And that's not possible for most of us. That's actually something that we weren't even called upon to do until very recently with the advent of social media. So this is about a return home. And sometimes three of swords work lasts 30 seconds we pause, whoa boy, before answering a DM that feels really triggering. Sometimes it takes a week, two weeks, a couple of months where we're, before we're able to say, I think I might be able to express to you how your comment made me feel. And I really needed you to know that. Sometimes after three of swords work, we have nothing to say. And that sometimes is one of the most powerful things to do because there are times where people's responses to us are purely to get a rise, purely to distract, to pull us off our path. And it's absolutely not a problem not to always respond to every single person who triggers the shit out of us. And other times it's like a reclamation to, to let people know how they made us feel. And very often I have found if we are able to come to people with the heart tended to, the wounds um, scabbed over enough not to uh, bleed on who we're speaking to, they will actually be able to hear us more and we may get a response that can actually initiate some healing that may actually help to make us feel that we are trusting enough to communicate. Of course, that's not true for everyone, but this kind of heart work is part of what helps to promote a sense of nonviolent communication between us, that there can be very strong, direct, clear, connected communication about what hurt, about what did not feel okay. Um, and sometimes there's no one to say this to at all, because sometimes we fuck up. We yell when we don't mean to. We use our hands when we don't mean to. We, um, you know, get into a fender bender. Like we, we are always in scenarios where um, we do something because of a million different reasons. And that's the first sword in the heart. And sometimes our um, journey is to apologize and make amends to others. And sometimes it is to make amends to ourselves. And we have to still pause and be with the heart in order to show up and be present for ourselves in this way. And the gift, the trans 
formative gift of being able to consider Three of Swords like this is multifold. One of them is that it takes out the false narrative of this card being about being stabbed in the back or being um, betrayed or having heartbreak. Because truthfully, even if Sword 1 was about heartbreak and betrayal, you would still be invited to follow the same heart healing um, you'd still be invited to tend the heart in the exact same way. Um, and I have found, uh, I mean, I've been reading tarot for 23 years, so I feel like I have some years enough to say that um, I don't recall there ever being a time when Three of Swords showed up for me or any client of mine as a predetermination for a deleterious um, trigger that will arise as a result of being um, stabbed in the heart by someone. Um, very often, our pre-existing triggers exacerbate the way that we experience a wound to the heart. Um, think about it. Um, all of us have some uh, comment, insult, that if thrown at us, doesn't even stick. It's like, yeah, and... And for another person, it can be the most devastating blow. Someone could even state the comment cheerfully, positively, not even meaning anything by it. And it can wound us to our core. That's sometimes what we're talking about, to getting more aware of like, whoa, that hurt, that stung. Why? We will miss out on the why if we fire back, close off, make the person the enemy in those situations. We'll miss it. We'll miss the intelligence, the communication, the information from the heart. And the more we're tuning in with the heart, the more aware of ourselves we start to become, the more the quality of our communication changes. This is a way to interpret this card that is not so far-fetched. It's not out of the realm of reality. And it really brings a teaching that actually helps and supports us in our everyday lives. It's just about starting with the heart. That's it. Um, and that is really where I want to kind of um, close on this lesson because I think um, we could go so much deeper, but this is just enough to begin to provide a little bit of food for thought about how you can start to work with this card as an ally. We don't always have to pull cards to work with them. Three of Swords is always available to you as a friend, as a gift that when the inevitable experiences of stinging, triggering, stabbing, wounding happen around shit that people totally don't mean, or they do, you know, who knows, um, we can still prioritize what's most important, the heart. And if you want to go deeper on this card, I have two ways for you to do that. The first is that, again, this is one of the cards in my upcoming course, Tarot for the Wild Soul. And if you are feeling called to do this kind of work, this kind of transformative rethinking and reimagining of how these cards can be allies to help us be with what is, this course is something for you. Um, my interpretations are not uh, for everybody, but they are certainly very different. Um, and unique to me. So if you're interested in the way I communicate about tarot, um, it's a great place to start to start to, or 
<laughs> it's a great place to start uh, if you want to begin to bring this different perspective to your practice, if you want to begin to um, grow in your own garden, your own understandings and experiences with these cards that can feel really healing rather than scary. And I have a beautiful offering for you, whether you sign up for the uh, course or not, that you can access um, that is an exercise and a spread that's going to dive a little bit deeper into um, looking at the swords as the three teachers, um, which I think will be really beautiful for anyone who kind of wants um, like a step-by-step -step little baby exercise about uh, how to be with um, it's just going to take what's in this lesson and bloom it out a little bit more so that when you do find yourself caught in that cycle or you're pulling this card, you can call upon that to help. Um, so you can access that by going into the show notes and clicking the link. Um, it'll be sent out to you right away. Um, and if you have any trouble with that, you can email us at info at wild info at lindsaymack.com. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for your presence, for listening. I hope that this helped. Um, I encourage you to keep thinking about what the tarot means for you. Um, my lessons are only ever just the foundation and, um, you are the home and the roof and the flowers that grow in the garden much further and deeper than anything that anyone else can tell you about these cards. You already know. Um, so until next time, until next week's episode, take care of yourselves and be well. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.